Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast called K Talks. I'm your host, Kaylin. Welcome to Black History Month series. I'm super excited. We have wonderful, amazing guests. We are having Black women all throughout the month, every episode, coming on here and just talking about the amazing things that they do. This week is a long episode, but super good. Get ready. I'm going to be speaking with Grace. She is the host of the Sit Down Sis podcast and also the owner of Sorella Magazine. So I hope you guys enjoy and get your popcorn and everything. Don't forget to like. No, not like. I do this every single time. Don't forget to review, rate, and follow. All of our links and everything will be in the description. I love you guys so, so much, and I will see you next Wednesday. Oh my, oh, hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. i lie, I was like on TikTok. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I still haven't gotten a TikTok account. What? Yes. It's bad. How are you not on TikTok? It's because I know I'll be obsessed. And so, and I and I True. honestly don't have the time. Like, I'm very, very busy. So I try to avoid TikTok as hard as I can, just so that I don't, you know, waste my time. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I'll be on it for like hours. And I think it's like 20 minutes. And then I waste so much time, so I don't even blame you. Yeah. Kind of nervous, not going to lie. You're, like, my first real, I would say, like, guest besides my best friend. Um, And she doesn't even really count because I'm always around her. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to be here. So thank you for inviting me. No problem. So we'll just go ahead and get started. So today I am here with the lovely Grace. She is the host of the Sit Down Sis podcast, which I'm obsessed with. I was actually listening to one of your episodes earlier. And she is also the owner of Sorella Magazine. Just amazing overall. True inspiration. Not going to (laughs) lie. Thank you. So before I start, um, I just want to say like this is like a completely like talk your shit. Um, I say this is like a FaceTime call. I call out everyone. I always say black men are the weakest link. Um, Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're going in already. (laughs) Yeah, you can. And I've listened. So I know you can Mm -hmm. be bold. So you can say whatever you want. Do whatever you want. No, I'll edit some. But. For the most part, that's okay, all you. Good. Yeah. So my first question I just want to ask you is like, who is Grace? Like, who are you? Give us some background on who you are. Like, let the people know. Yeah. So my name is Grace. I am a university student from Canada. Um, I moved to Canada when I was about seven years old from Australia. Prior to that, I lived. Oh. Yeah. Prior to that, I lived in South Africa. Um, and international yes I have done a lot of traveling um and aside from being a student I also run an online magazine for black women called Sorella magazine as you mentioned um it is something that I started while I was in Spain last year um but it's an idea that I've had for like two years or even more than that maybe three years now um and yeah I love running the magazine the podcast um yeah that's that's a little bit about me 
Wait, so I'm like stuck on how much you've traveled. Do your parents is like for your parents like work? Do they like travel a lot with like work and stuff? Um, no, like it was always a thing where they wanted to find a better life. And so mm. after every couple of years, they would be like, oh, you know, Australia is not the place. Let's move to Canada. And then we'd move from like a city in Canada to another city. And then we move from another city from that city to another city. Um, or like even before I was born, there was a lot of traveling going on. So it's just a thing. We're just very nomadic. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. I live in um, Georgia. So it's, I've been here my whole life. I'm not experienced at all. <laughs> so, um, so what's your major? You said you live in Canada. Yes. So my major is, um, well, it's kind of complicated. So I'm double, I was going to double major. <laughs> in English and Spanish because I have such a passion for learning languages and for Spanish. Um, but I decided to major in English literature in, and then minor in writing and rhetoric and, and then in oh. Spanish because I love writing. I am a good writer, I think. And um, I also really love Spanish. So I do, I wanted to, you know, balance everything all together. Right. Wait, so how do you balance like college, a podcast and a whole like website, like a blog mm -hmm. essentially? Um, that's a good question because I don't really I don't really <laughs> manage it. Like so <laughs> I have been extremely busy this past month because we've started accepting writers um or having writers mm. come on board and write regularly for Sorella magazine or not regularly, but like, you know, submit submissions. Um, yeah. And because of that, that gives me a lot of work to edit. And then we have to, you know, um, there's just a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that um, is kind of difficult because it's just yeah. me running it. Right. So um, although right. I do have like help here and there, it's mostly me and like my, my passion projects, so to say. Um, yeah. but yeah, as far as managing it, like I know where my priorities are right now and that's gotta be school. Right. Um, yeah. Sure. So like if it comes down to, you know, recording an episode or studying for my midterm, I'm going to study for the midterm for exactly midterm. until yeah. I get out of university. I'm almost done. I have one year left. And, um, hey. yeah. <laughs> and then after that I'll be. I'll be free and be able to, you know, focus on Sorella magazine a little bit more. That's definitely going to take off because your topics on there. <laughs> I feel like one thing I absolutely love about you is like you're unapologetically like you. Like you put out stuff that people are too afraid mm -hmm. to talk about. Yeah, you're bold. <laughs> like, like Thank say. you. No, I mean, that's my personality. I'm a very controversial person like in real life. I actually try not to be, mm -hmm. um, especially while I was in Spain. That got me into a little bit of trouble because I'm just like, oh. I just talk. I just talk too much. And I'm like, this is my opinion and this is blah, blah, blah. And like people have a problem with that sometimes, especially when you're a black girl and you walk into the room with, you know, your head high with your head high. So right. um, I'm learning how to balance that. Like, I feel like it's a good thing for Sorella magazine. Um, because that's the whole brand, yeah. that's the whole mission, you know, we're, we, we're unapologetic. But for me as a person, I feel like as a Black girl, you have to learn how to navigate the world as smartly as possible. 
And some exactly, That's and sometimes the best way to do something is to have your opinion quietly, but maneuver the situation really, really uh, smartly in a way that people don't you don't necessarily ruffle feathers, so that you can get what you want, right? right? So like if you're in a job, you you somebody says something a little bit ignorant, you don't have to necessarily say it to their face, but you can take it to HR, or you can do it in a yeah. in a subtle way, or you can even let them know, check them in a way that they're like, oh, right. I didn't even realize that was offensive. And then they never do that again because they know, oh, you can't mess with her. Right. You know, that kind of thing. As opposed to being exactly. like, how dare you hurt my feelings? How dare you offend me in this way? <laughs> and I'm like, that's how I right. am now. And I'm learning. It's, it's, a, it's a general, um, it's, 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 it's a journey is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I feel like with you, though, Okay, don't hurt me. I actually celebrated um, Kamala Harris's inauguration, and you said you didn't celebrate it, and I was so confused. But then you said like she's not an actual mm-hmm. like black woman, and I was like, what? But then you explained yourself, and I was like, okay, wait, that's valid. And now I'm like, mm, like I got a whole yeah. shirt. Come on now, like now I can't. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of people come and tell me that, like, they'll think of something one way, and then I explain it in a different way. And they're like, dang, I didn't even consider it that way. But you know what? That's the point of the podcast. That's the point of the magazine is like, opening people's eyes, especially black women's eyes. Um, Because that's the main, that's the main demographic that I'm trying to reach. And like, I'm, I love that there's that space that Sorella Magazine and Sit Down Sis Podcast has created so that I can be, or not just me, but like, because we've had guests on the podcast and things like that, so that people like me, like-minded, you know, educated Black women can speak up about the truth, you know? So, yeah. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Wait, so I'm actually interested. Have you, you said you've wanted to start it for like two years. Right. Um, or, right, yeah. So, how did that like? How did you really kickstart on it? Like, how did you really like take it off? Um, so I just started as soon as I had the idea to create a magazine. I started writing articles and collecting them. Um, I knew from the jump mm. that it was going to be a controversial magazine. It was going to be about you know everything that people don't want to say, but that people think, or even things that people aren't necessarily thinking about. Um, but so I just started like stockpiling articles I had about like a hundred written before I even yeah before I even launched that's kind of what held me over while I was in Spain because I launched it in Spain and I just had articles coming out weekly um actually by like twice a week so um yeah and I didn't really have to do work because I had already written all the articles um and then true yeah, and so every time I get a break, every time school goes on on pause or there is, you know, I'm really ahead of schoolwork or something like that, I sit down and write articles or I reach out to people to have them on the podcast or I, um, you know, educate myself more, read books, things like that so that I can become as well-educated as I need to be to have a platform like this, you know? Right, that's so true because I feel like platform is so easy to be like that's not right like people like can't the whole cancel culture I feel like it'd be so easy for people to like call you out on something so I feel like you have to be super on top of like everything oh yeah like this past weekend I actually got doxxed on Twitter I don't know if you know what happened 
<gasps> yes. Wait, I think I was listening to it. Didn't you? You said yes. something. Or yes. Something so what happened, happened was, um, I okay. So I also run the social media, and um, mm. I decided one day randomly to promote one of my favorite articles that um, has been published so far on Sorella Magazine, which is called "Burn the Cape." And the article, yeah. you know, I um, so I public, you know, promoted it on Twitter. And it took off in a way that it doesn't usually. Like, it's done well in the past. Um, but it started getting, like, trolls who were commenting and replying. Yeah. And at first I thought, oh, well, it's just, you know, it just fell into the wrong hands. Let me just wait this out. Until Sunday, I started seeing pictures of myself from my personal Instagram splattered and plastered all over over Twitter. People were, you know, making memes. <laughs> they were making fun of the way that I look. They were making fun of my friends. No. They were talking about my location. They were talking about, actually, you know what? They found my personal Instagram and started sending me, like, death threats and saying things like, kill yourself. Oh, I would have sued the fuck right? out of Right? Somebody said, kill yourself. <laughs> you know, just really, really nasty stuff. And, um, you know... I was very, it's not that I was surprised because I know that the platform is controversial and I know that this, you know, this day is coming and more of it is coming. But honestly, I was like, for real, (laughs) like it was just annoying. Like not to the point, yeah, like why are you, not to the point of like, it's not that deep, deep. you know, it's it's really for them because they don't like being called out. And I'm going to be honest about who it was. It was Mm. black men. It was black men calling me out. It was black men doxing me. It was black men saying racist and sexist and and colorist comments. And honestly, they were like dark roach, ugly, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, are y'all serious? They exposed themselves for being the very reason why I had to write that Burn the Cape article, which is all about black women not caping for the black community and not caping for black men, right? Um, mm, can oh, we yes, talk about yes. that though? <laughs> but they got mad. They got mad. And it was um I I commented a little bit later after the whole drama had ended and a lot of people blocked their account and reported them. Twitter took down the accounts, a couple of them. Um, but I I commented that that was the reason why I had had to make that article because of men like that. So yeah. Right. Oh, uh, the thing, my biggest thing is, how do I say this? Black men are so mm. bold when they want to get like, when when something like hits them or when they get called out for something, they say the most yes. reckless things. Yes. And they call, they could say like dark skin, roach, like on and on and on. And how they hate black right. women, but like your mom. See, my thing is, I looked at some of the the icons of these the people that were talking. Right, there were most mm-hmm. of them were dark skinned black men, and I said, "How dare you? Oh. How dare you? <laughs> how, dare how dare you, you. <laughs> to diss my skin tone when your mother, your sister, your brother, your your cousins, probably a lot of your family members have the same skin complexion, and even if." There was nobody in your family who had a similar complexion, or even if he wasn't dark skinned himself, how dare you com- like how dare you collect yourself to 
to criticize a woman's image like that. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of, like, I feel like black men, they always want to play victim on shit, though. And they never, like, it's always, they always say that they're being disrespected 24-7, but no one ever backs up black women. Like, I feel like black women, like, what's that saying? Black women ride harder for black women than anyone else. And I feel like even, and then the thing I hate the most is, like, I'm 17, Mm. and I see this shit. I feel like black men disrespect black women all day but black women still go that's back an to issue them. that's definitely an issue um yeah. i don't understand <laughs> like i've had black yeah. women in my dms or in my or emailing me long emails talking about why am i dissing the black man leave the black man alone he's doing his <sighs> best blah 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 i'm like the problem is that he's not doing his best they're not doing their best they don't care exactly. about black women they're as a collective the rates of domestic violence, domestic abuse, psychological abuse, physical abuse in the Black community are elevated compared to every single other community. Black women's lives are in danger. Mm. And we're not valued. We're not protected by any system. And so we have to look out for ourselves, right? It's no longer about, it's no longer about, you know, can we protect the Black man? How, what's the issue? Like, there's no the question is not about black men anymore. Like it's about black women because they're the most vulnerable demographic. They're the most unprotected demographic. And I'm not going to apologize for saying it and for drawing attention to it because it's true. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. true. Uh, Yeah, it's so true. And I always say like, um, during like, obviously black lives matter is still around, but when shit really hit the fan, um, with Breonna Taylor's protests, I said that whole, like her, she, her name wouldn't have been, so exactly. loud if it wasn't for black Actually, women. you know what? If if black women had mentioned it and fought and fought for her, um, honestly, I, it would have been. I don't know if it would have even been in the news cycle. You know, like oh, it would hush, hush, hush for, sure. for sure. It would not have been something that people paid attention to yeah. because people don't value black women, especially not black men, and that's the problem. You know, so mm. I. And other black women are calling attention to this. And that's what it makes it it's such important work, but it's also dangerous work because there's so many people who dissent and and think that they know better. Right. Think they understand what it's like to be a black woman. They think they understand the worth of a black woman. And it's like, no, like you you've been socialized not to value black women. So of course you're not gonna treat them properly in your day-to-day life, you know? Yeah. Um my biggest thing, right? Oh, okay, I live in an all-white mm-hmm. county, like um, mm-hmm. terrible. And I feel like my biggest thing that I've seen is always the white savior. I have a lot of white listeners. Sorry, not sorry, but they always think they know mm. more than black women. Like they want to be um, the mm-hmm. the new civil rights leader. And I'm always just like, you never, you don't understand what, like, you have to learn about it. I experienced it. Like, we're not Yeah, I mean, every movement or many of the movements that have been, many of the activism movements that that we see going on right now have been hijacked. Um, The Black Lives Matter movement Mm. started by three Black women. And yet, does it focus on Black women? No. It focuses on Black men. It talks about Black (laughs) men and any injustice that happens to them. And then when, when a black woman is abused or killed or murdered by the cops or even by another black man, it's silence, it's crickets. And 
Exactly. And there's other movements that have been hijacked. Even the Say Her Name movement. I've seen white women using the hashtag. I've seen other people using the hashtag. And I'm just like, what the heck is going on? Like, But that's why, as Black women, we have to be very careful about who we give access to. And even, you know, be careful about creating activism movements. um, Because a lot of the time they they end up being hijacked and or we become the face of the movement in a way that endangers us because yeah yeah and i feel like capitalism also people always right exactly off of exactly everything like what's that brand like protect black women or protect black oh. people or something like that the bags that are like a hundred oh really no i haven't <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah. And it's certain things like that. Like, yeah, it's cute. Um, but why are we capitalizing? Black pain. Of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, trauma. For sure. Yeah. So I want to talk about like your high school because that's kind of where I can relate a little bit. Did you, how did you grow up like in, well, oh, oh you grew up, um, everywhere did you grow up like in a like diverse no my high school was all white Mm. my elementary school all white my middle school all white because every time we would move we would move to like the suburbs exactly and you know the suburbs in Canada (laughs) tend to be very white and uh or even like Australia is a very white country Uh, Spain is very white like I have been in a lot of white spaces and there's ups and downs, there's pros and cons. Um, for example, you know, there's no, um, you don't have that like black woman sisterhood that would exist in a black community. Um, exactly. Oh, yeah. and the black day. female sisterhood actually is something that I've written about because now that I'm older and I can cultivate those friendships and those relationships, I realize how valuable they are and how it's important to have black women in your life or people who look like you or people who reflect you. Um, And that's why, you know, I always recommend every black woman have other black female friends, but not like, it's not a prescription. Like you don't have to, like, there's nothing wrong with you. You don't. Um, And it's not a requirement to be a black woman or to be valid or to be able to speak up about black issues um, that's another thing that like the Twitter trolls were commenting about. They were like, oh, do you have any black friends? All your friends are white. And I was like, so what? Like I, y- y- first of all, I, yeah. that's not true. And second of all, and second of all, like, <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of um, various like diverse friends of like every ethnicity. And I think that that gives me a new perspective on things. I have, I'm not, you know, Mm. bottled up in the black community and stuck and like all of the black issues that are going on but I have options right like that's why I always there's people who say leave blackistan (laughs) leave the black community black women (laughs) and I have to honestly I would agree like it's not you don't have to you don't have to limit yourself to only black friends only black only date black men only you know create only celebrate black love only this and that like it, there's no limit to like the, the point is black women are diverse we're not a monolith and you get to um you know live your life as you see fit as long as it's in your best interest you know so yeah right um yeah so like going off of that 
like background on me um I I've always been either like the only black girl in all my classes um only had white friends and my parents like I lived in quote-unquote like the in the city basically in a predominantly black area for like uh, Mm -hmm. two years I would say and then my main you know how I speak how I carry myself is all just like white suburban Mm -hmm. culture basically and I feel like growing up that made me so distant from what the stereotypical Mm -hmm. black girl is um so First of all, I hate when people say, like, I sound white, but I guess, like, that's the easiest way to, um, like, what would I say, like, characterize, distinguish myself? I don't know. And then on top of that, my name is Kate. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I feel like for me, um, it kind of created, like, an identity crisis, me growing up always being around white people, never having any black friends until I would say mm-hmm. my like, freshman year. And we weren't even like close like that. Everyone was in the same environment. So I feel like my biggest struggle has always been connecting with other black people because they see me as mm-hmm. like whitewashed. And it's like, yeah, no, I was just going to say know. that it seems like, you know, there's definitely. There's something to be, so I have multiple opinions on this. There's something to be said about having a black community Mm -hmm. um, and seeing yourself reflected in the people that you spend time with. So I understand why, you know, black people are maybe a little bit defensive when they notice somebody who hasn't had the same upbringing or who isn't from, you know, who doesn't share the Mm -hmm. same cultural experience. But it also, we have to remember how steeped the Black community and the Black cultural experience is in trauma and how steeped it is in the struggle of and just living a life of struggle. And Mm -hmm. so I think that people really need to, what am I trying to say with this? There's, there, we also need to value Black stories or people aren't necessarily struggling or where they're experiencing yes. know, good, they're living a good <laughs> life and it's not to say that it's not to say that if you're living in the yes. white community that you are living a better life quote unquote but we have to also be honest about you know the right. rates of, like what's going on in the economy of black communities what's going on culturally in black communities socially in black communities there's a lot of domestic violence there's a lot of abuse there's a lot of struggle there's a lot of economic poverty and income inequality and Black women who divest, you know, shouldn't be getting flack for it because honestly, is there anything for Black women in the Black community? I, I don't think so. Exactly. So no. um, we have to be careful about, you know, shaming Black women for choosing other options, making other decisions. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. Yeah, I feel like the main things that I've heard, like, you're not black enough or you're not black. Like, when exactly. has it been cute to struggle? Like, I, like, I never the understood whole, that. Sorry, I don't mean to cut and you off. But the, whole, the whole you talk white oh, no, you're good. is coming out of, you know, oh, you talk like somebody who's educated. And that's exactly. very offensive. But yes. the idea that, like, black people can't be educated. Yes. I don't, and I, I don't judge anybody. Like, I feel like there's something to be said for black vernacular and, and it's a beautiful dialect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, there's very, there's various dialects within black vernacular and 
um, and different, you know, ways of speaking as an African-American. And I can't really speak on it because I'm an African-Canadian. Um, but I do see that, yeah. you know, there's that whole, oh, why do you speak like that? And I'm like, well, I just, I'm a product of my environment, just like you are a product of your environment. So don't blame yeah. me for something that I had no control over and for something that is very natural, you know? That's so true. Yeah, there is no one way That's to so be black. Yeah. And there's, black is not a monolith, as I always say. Yeah, and I feel like the also people are so mm -hmm. close-minded. I feel like with me, one thing I do enjoy about um, growing up where I have been is like, I've experienced things that people in like different communities probably would never experience. Like, for instance, I talk about like with my family, they all live um, down south, like South Georgia country. Um, they asked me like, oh, like, do you like to run? I'm like, oh, no, I like spin classes. Mm. They're like, spin classes? What the hell? So it's just like, it's little things like that. And also the people I've met just like all over, I am very glad that I have, you know, right. an open mindset about so many things. Um, so yeah, that's one thing I will say that I am very glad that my parents have you know, moved me up here. And I feel like a lot of, um, like, Black kids from the suburb suburbs are finally starting to speak out about what they've been through and kind of, like, mm -hmm. that identity crisis they've had. Yeah, just, like, so many – I've seen a lot more people talking about, like, can't even speak about it because I'm like, how do you even put this into words without mm -hmm. sounding like a bitch, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I feel like more kids are starting to be, like, I grew up in the suburbs. This is what life was like for me. These are right. kind of the traumas that I went through. Yeah, because it's not like life it in the suburbs is, is perfect yeah. as, well, as well. Growing up in a predominantly white society, exactly. there's also yeah. a lot of anti-Blackness, of course. Um, and, mm, you know, there's also yeah. you growing up without seeing your reflection reflected back to you. So then you feel insecure. You know, do, do you look right? Do you talk properly what what right. you know you, it's it's especially as a teenager you want to blend in as well as possible and so having something a defining characteristic that makes you stand out like blackness black skin being a black woman is very difficult to maneuver but i think that for the most part we there you know there's there's pros and cons like you can choose you can you can live your life according to how you see best, you know, not that any one way is superior. That's so, so true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's so much like competition about uh -huh. who can be the blackest. Like at the end of the day, like if someone's racist, they're going to be like, right. Oh, mm, you know? So I want to like ask, like, did you ever ex like experience that kind of like identity yeah, crisis um, within yourself? I didn't love growing up in a predominantly white society. Um, so I, I like to grow up where, or I would have preferred to grow up in a multiracial society. So not necessarily like, you know, everybody black, yeah. but at least everybody of a different ethnicity. Um, because then you have more of a, mm -hmm. people are used to seeing different to them. Um, whereas in a predominantly white society, yeah. people are very comfortable with their whiteness. They're so used to it. They don't, know what to do with a black person oh, and the anti-blackness so is just ridiculous <laughs> oh. it's really really strong sometimes to the point of being unsafe no um and so yeah that's one of the mm -hmm. things that like people have to watch out for but multiracial societies 
that's where I wish I had grown up in because I feel like I wouldn't have dealt with some of the anti-blackness or some of the like self-esteem issues that I had growing up because I would have seen difference reflected back you know and I would have seen people who maybe aren't white who aren't black who are different groups and I feel like once you are accustomed to seeing people of different nationalities and races on a regular basis it all slides in everybody's like you know the same level yeah that's so true because I feel like for the long like for me um I own like I was always like am I really like pretty enough like all these like white people like and I was looking at people who had none mm-hmm. of the same features as me size wise mm-hmm. looks like any of that and I'm like am I really like am I really pretty and then it was like no you just right. well yes you are you just group around white people yeah like growing up around it. white people <laughs> like, really yeah, mess with you it really will so you know there's pros and cons to being yes. in blackistan as they call it or in the black community there's pros and cons to being in the white community um it's just about going where or living your life according to what's best for you as an individual black woman but not necessarily moving in the direction of where's the best for everybody else you know you get what i'm saying so yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah um so when because you're very educated i feel like i'm <laughs> very slow compared <laughs> talking to you um when when was the time that you kind of were like where you start to like educate yourself more because i feel like a big like a misconception is people automatically know everything like we all go through a phase where we don't know anything essentially and it, out of nowhere it's like mm-hmm. you start it's like an overload of information and people start relying mm-hmm. on you to be like the next google so when did um so when did you start um, to, like, educate around 17 when i moved to to university mm-hmm. um because i just developed an interest in like social issues cultural issues racial issues and started to pay more attention to what was going on around me in terms of you know this idea of what you know just the, what's going on around me culturally and societally and um, yeah. I started, you know, researching, you know, black philosophers, black, um, not philosophers, but black, like economic, what do you call it? Like economists, right? <laughs> black economists, um, um, yes, people yes. like Claude Anderson. <laughs> For a while, I was very much like a, like a conscious girl, like very pro-black. Um, so like Umar Johnson, Claude Anderson. Yes. Their whole, uh, like all of them, I was very like, I listened to everything that they would say because I really respected what they had to say. Um, mm-hmm. And then eventually I started noticing what was going on, the undercurrents that um, occur in a lot of pro-Black spheres where it's kind of like pro-Black man. It's not yes. really pro-Black community. Um, you don't really focus on what's going on for Black mm-hmm. women and the different issues that are going on for them. And um, yeah, so that's when I moved to becoming more like pro-Black woman um, and started focusing more on, you know, what's going on, how can I be helpful for other Black women? Because it's not helping, you know. Yeah, so it was an evolution, essentially. I started off like very, very much like a social yeah. justice warrior. I was anti-white supremacy, anti, and you know, racism 
And then it went to kind of like a pro-Black thing. And then it went to like a pro-Black woman thing. It's just an evolution. Who knows what my next <laughs> philosophy will right. be. Um, but yeah. <laughs> wow. Wait, why, why do I see myself being you? Because that was my biggest thing. I was super into learning about um, just trying to like connect myself with Black culture because I like everything's very whitewashed right. in the education system. And when I did my own research, I was like, mm-hmm. wow, white people really are evil. So then I became this super pro-black. I literally have pro-black on my laptop. And then I listened to your um, I'm not pro-black or why mm-hmm. I'm not pro-black episode. And that gave me a different perspective because I have noticed like they always say the black man this or the black man that it's never like the black community yeah that doesn't sit right with me yeah I mean it's (laughs) it's really upsetting once you learn because it feels so basically when you're pro-black there's this kumbaya vibe um it's very fun and it's very Mm -hmm. not fun but it's like (laughs) it feels like we're all in this together we're all working for the betterment of the black community and everybody's in it together and we all care about each other and it's like you know you're my sister I'm your brother or whatever and then you look into it (laughs) and you see like the black panther movement um the way you know the leader of the black panther movement was abusive towards black women or you look at somebody like Martin Luther King Jr. and how many times he cheated on his wife or right when I found that out, right? I was you look at somebody it. like you know you look at the leaders, the people like Uma Johnson, who have a lot yes. of work to do in terms of reaching a place where they respect and value Black women. And it's just like you know mm-hmm. you have to pay attention. You just can't be dead in the brain. You know, following everything Black men do, following everything the Black community does, because it will lead you. Yes where like literally where (laughs) like is there a black police force is there a black is there a black you know education (laughs) system is there a black you know like banks and black like it's very there's nowhere to fall back on to protect black women and that's what Mm -hmm. the first thing that would have to happen for me to be pro-black would be for black people to create or black men to create a black police force to protect black women. Then I'll jump on the case. Then I'll be like, okay, fine. You know, maybe they have a point, but they don't, there's not, there's nothing in place. A lot of these pro black leaders are just all talk, no action. Exactly. And it's very dangerous for for (laughs) black women to be walking around revolutionized, ready to fight the white man when right like what i'm about to say is actually very controversial but i don't believe that women necessarily need to be on the front lines of revolutionary movements because it's dangerous and yeah and oh yeah uh, that's it's really it sounds really terrible to say oh that's men's work but it's something that men traditionally do every time there's a movement going on and it's revolutionary. Look at the French Revolution, the American Revolution. It happens because men are willing to put their lives on the line and change things. It's not women who are risking their lives yeah. doing that. And that's a good thing. Like, it's not, women shouldn't, like, you don't necessarily want women <laughs> to, or as the, I as a woman don't want to be on the front lines protesting right oh shit I right what the- exactly <laughs> i'm very content to be taken care of and to be kept um not that like 
<laughs> yeah, like I'm very. No, I don't blame you. Be on the front lines protesting and like doing movements and activism and everything. And that's what the Black community is very much about. It's like Black women starting movements that, that cape for and protect Black men over and over and over again. That's the pattern. Right. And my thing is, like, why do. Yeah, like, my thing is, like, now is, like, why do Black women right. always have to save everyone? That's a very good point. Like, like can, can we, we just, just live our lives? Like, can we just, can we can we just we live relax? our lives? Why, <laughs> like, why is it all have... about, oh, how right. can you as a Black woman save the LGBTQ community? Or how can you as a Black woman save, you know, Oof. the white community? Or how can you save the presidential campaign? Or how can you save, you know... Uh, yes. women's rights and I'm like listen we're just trying to live like it's not my job to fix racism right. or every ism that exists it's not my job it's not my <laughs> job at all right right so. yeah it, it, right and that's my thing I'm always like why do we always have to be you know exactly. have a cap on and exactly especially not black men I'm, I can't be saving black men because they're not doing the same thing they're not they're not Oh, black women will make you look stupid. Literally. If you try too much. They will turn around and abuse you after you save them. Oh, exactly. Or leave you after you save them. We don't even have to get into being the come up woman. So, (laughs) (laughs) right. Oh, gosh. Literally. I could talk on this forever, but gosh, where was I even about? I was about to say something. I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, so do okay me personally Mm. i don't consider myself a feminist because they didn't even accept black women in the first place well from what i've heard the feminist movement actually started with black women again um but i could be wrong Mm. but again black women have deep 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 roots in the feminist movement um but as of am i a feminist no um, but I have multiple reasons for not being a feminist. Like as an individual person, I don't have any recommendations for black women in terms of like, should you be a feminist or should you not just be smart and be, and follow your, you know, yeah. do what is works best for you without being, without caping for anybody or any community. That's, that's the only place that I, that's where I, mm-hmm. I draw the line in terms of telling black women what to do. Um, so like, it's fine to be a black feminist or things yeah. like that. But me as an individual, I don't see the objectives of the of the feminist community are not very clear. Like they don't really know what they're looking for. They don't really know what they want. Like literally, weak. literally, <laughs> so literally <laughs> like they're like equality. And I'm like, oh, well, what does that look for? And they're like, there's seven different answers of what that looks like for them. And it's like, well, for this woman, like exactly. It's like, do you want, <laughs> do you want, you know, um, equality you know equality you know in terms of the pay the pay gap the wage gap that's one route, right you know pay rat, and yeah. i can see a lot of women but like when they talk about it it's always about the white woman's wage gap not about like black women or and it's like exactly. are you serious like black women are the most underpaid we make 63 yeah. cents to the white man's dollar that's ridiculous for the same work it takes Mm-mm. us eight months extra yeah. to earn the same amount as a as a white man in a year that's the, when you put it, it that it's, way it's, like, it's terrible that and that. so how can you as a feminist <laughs> be talking about oh women's rights black women join me and then you're talking about your your um 
your what's it called your liberation you're talking about your liberation and you're not you're not speaking about the nuances of my liberation you know so am I a feminist for that reason I'd say no um there's also other reasons why like aside from the movement being kind of wishy-washy it doesn't include black women for the most part (laughs) um and then it also I feel like they're too extreme for me I mean, like, I, I'm always, like, do whatever, like, you want, do you, like, I'll support you through anything, but I feel like they almost, like, attack you mm-hmm. if you don't yeah, think, like, like I understand, you know? I understand some of the talking points. Like, I can understand why white women, for example, are so, are so frustrated by being a part of the oh, patriarchy, yeah, yeah. because they're so close, but they're not there yet. Like, they've oppressed, they've joined in on the white man's oppression of everybody yeah. else, so they should get all the privileges of it, they think. But they're just, they're super close, but they're not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, and I understand why, like, patriarchy as a whole is a problematic concept. But what we need to do is discuss, um, you know, giving women more access to to liberation, to freedom, to, to equality, so on and so um within the system i don't think that overtaking the system completely is feasible right now yeah no yeah because they want to take over the whole world i'm like sis i don't think you can do that right now and i don't know like (laughs) what do you want do you want a matriarchy do you want like somebody needs to give me a very clear so that's why i'm not a feminist is like somebody needs to give me a very clear doctrine or mandate for what exactly what exactly y'all want right exactly and then i I know okay i want i'm joining in or no i'm not joining in but i don't even know what i'm really saying i am or i'm not yeah because i don't even know what feminism is like i know what it is but i'm not it's not a conducive system of thought everybody has 70 different ways of thinking in feminism and maybe that's what they think is great about it but I, i actually think that's a weak spot so yeah Mm. yeah I agree with that and I feel like also people are probably gonna hate me but I feel like when white women can't say they're really oppressed like they've always had like I don't care what they say like they've always had like the white man's best interest like they've always been taken care of maybe like yeah they're right Mm -hmm. that sounds so rude and terrible like maybe the rights haven't been the same but they've never had like the same struggle as mm-hmm. black women and will ne- never yeah, okay. I think that it's not that I disagree but I think that like there's different forms of oppression and and mm-hmm. there's I wouldn't yeah. use the word oppression for white women but I'd say they're maybe underprivileged yeah okay yeah yes exactly yes, but yes. like See, oppression yes. oppression is saved for black people i think because it's different what has happened oh, to us yeah. has been extremely systemic people literally sat down hundreds of years ago and decided how they could make our lives hell for the next 400 years you know and mm-hmm. it's not it's not yeah. fair to just use the word oppression for everybody and anyone who's not a white man because that's not how it goes there's there's immense mm-hmm. there's an immense world of difference between being a white woman and being a black woman there's so many different many differences in terms of 
what you have access to, the world that you're living in, the way you're treated by people. And I don't appreciate my struggles being lumped in with everybody. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's why I don't call myself a woman of color. I call myself a black woman because they they like to lump everybody yes, who's not yeah. black into a circle and be like, y'all are all the same. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, my struggle is different. Yeah, no, yeah. We're not the same as, like, we're, exactly. yeah, we're not the same as, like, Hispanic exactly. people. Like, we, that's completely different, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Wow, mm-hmm. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that part. See, I'm, like, learning, I'm, like, soaking in. I'm, like, these, like, the questions I had in mind, <laughs> this whole episode went, like, a completely different way because now, like, I know how you, like, are. I feel like through, like, because we, like, I DM'd you and I was, like, super professional, mm-hmm. so I had, like, super professional questions. And then I was also listening to your podcast and I was like, wait, I need to like do a little mixture. So yeah, now I'm all over the place. Um, <laughs> so what else do I want to talk about? So, oh, what were we on? Um, that was all about educating mm-hmm. yourself. Then we talked about the feminist movement. Um, like, when did you first become pro-black woman? Are you pro-black woman? Perfect. Yes. You know what? Very much. You know what? It, it's amazing that the <laughs> younger generation, much. like I am four years, how old are you again? 17 years old? Okay, so I am six years old. Yeah. And um, I was not that educated being a 17 year old. Like I was very educated, but I wasn't to the point where I understood, you know, how to take care of myself and divest and black woman and all that kind of stuff. And I mm-hmm. wish that I had been when I was younger, you know, because that would have been that it's a very it's yeah. a very helpful and safe not safe but like beneficial philosophy for black women to adopt and I think that, yeah exactly more black yeah, women should consider definitely. you know cape, burning the cape honestly and I feel like my biggest thing is like one thing I do hate is right. like so many black women are still against each other and I'm like why can't we all understand that like at the end of the day wow, like we really don't have each other like you said it we that's the thing is that when you <laughs> feel on. that you you it's this superiority complex that a lot of not a lot but some black women yes. have over other black women um they think that you know they have the right to attack like i've seen black women attacking other black women with black men there were actually when i was doxxed on twitter there were black women yes. who were joining in saying mean stuff and just being like oh my god who is this blah 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 blah. and I was like are you like you are a black woman you look like me and you're making fun of me pick yeah. me vibes me very much it's, pick it's embarrassing me. imagine being a pick me <laughs> is that not the worst destiny so, I couldn't like you Literally, find your validation it's not, it's not cute it's embarrassing <laughs> it's not cute yeah oh god oh jesus yeah (laughs) that's something like that comes around so much is i see so like my biggest pet peeve is like never find your worth in a man your validation in your man i'm very glad that i'm this young and i have this embedded into me because the people that i've like just things I've seen and things I've heard I'm like why are you letting him treat you like that like why are you putting up with that like do you not know there are so many people like are you serious yeah I mean women mostly but there's so many women who 
are more afraid of being single than they are being mistreated or abused or um, undervalued. And I couldn't, like, I don't understand it. It's like, why would you risk your well-being, your, your, your mental well-being, your pride, your self-love, your self-esteem, just because you don't want to be alone? Like being alone is not that bad. Like, it really is not being single is not right. The worst it's thing great. That can I love it. To you. It's actually a very <laughs> good period of your life where you can, um, you know, develop your self love, become more independent, you know, really focus on your hobbies, your creative interests. Like it's not like yeah, it's not bad. It really is not. So like when right. you are in a when you find yourself in a in a situation where the person who is supposed to be a partner of yours or you know, it can even be friends, like anybody who's not treating you like they should be willing to drop them, you know, not that I also have a problem with like cancel culture in terms of like dropping friends when they make up like one mistake. But if you notice a consistent pattern Mm -hmm. um, that is unhealthy and you're unable to work through it, like you've tried to work through it and you can't, um, it's like I'm talking about friends here. Like I don't think you can give your partner that many chances, but friends. Are yeah. Different. Yeah. Um, but like, no. You, yeah. Come on. You notice yeah. a pattern, and it's not healthy, and it's not helping you. Like honestly, walk away. Your peace of mind as a black woman is number one. It's the number one priority, and yeah, you got to protect it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Because I feel like I feel like always I feel like black women are always portrayed as like strong and like independent and no one ever like understands like okay like, mm-hmm. yeah we're human too like we still have feelings like mm-hmm. that still hurts what you will say or what you do and that really pisses me off because I've like even around me people will say stuff to me I'm mm-hmm. like you know I will snap back right like I'm not gonna just be like I'm not gonna be like oh mm-hmm. yeah I get it and I yeah, understand we're human like, you know, and like, people don't always allow us that space to be human yeah, I- but we have to take up that space unapologetically. Be like, yeah, I'm here. I'm a black woman. I have feelings. I have emotions. I deserve to be mm-hmm. here. I deserve to take up space. And that's so important. Like, you cannot yeah. allow yourself to be undermined consistently and to be disrespected, right? Like, well, yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to say. You can't right. allow yourself to um, undermine yourself that's another thing like everybody else can do what they want to do to you but your relationship with yourself is number one and you never want to be in a situation where you are letting yourself down because that is something that is really hard to come back from so yeah treat yourself right yeah and I always say like you have to Mm. like be like you have to love yourself first Mm -hmm. before you can act on like anything really because I feel like so much of like I feel like so many of your actions come mm-hmm. from how much you respect yourself mm-hmm. and it shows. Yeah. <laughs> like it really does show. If yeah. You don't I'm love always yourself careful with that. Like you have to love yourself before you like, before you love, before anybody's going to love you or things like that. It's like, well, no, like even if I don't love myself, yeah. I'm still worthy of love, but it's still good to be on a journey. Like I oh, yeah. a journey rather than a place that you can reach. Like, you never reach 100% self-love, but being on that journey yes. towards more self-love is all you have. That's when you know you're doing it right, you know? Yes, and that's one thing I want to touch on. I feel like so many people, um, oh, the God. whole phrase of glow up, I, I hate that. I hate the phrase, like, when am I going to reach your mm. glow up? Like, when, why do you want to stop growing yourself? Like, why, like, 
like can we just like normalize the fact that we like we need to like continue to be better like why do we wow, just have yeah, to like right. wait to phase where it's like okay i'm done and I, I hate that like oh i like in the beginning i was super like oh my glow up my glow up and then i really thought about it, i'm like i feel like you never have a true glow up because you're always mm-hmm. gaining wisdom or like hopefully my problem with gaining the glow wisdom up or like better very, um physical based it's very much like oh she lost 20 pounds look at her she glowed up Mm-hmm. or oh she you know her acne cleared up yeah she glowed up and I'm like I understand that there you know beauty is important and it matters what you look like and you want to look you want to present your best self to the world but also can we normalize not having yeah, looks like, on everything society, like what about the mental aspect? we value all the wrong things <laughs> like let's, there's it's fine to value looks it's even yes. fine to value looks more than other things um but it's fine but it's like because that's realistic. A lot of people value looks more than other things. So, but it's like, can we also make right. room to value people's hearts and to value their, you know, you know, what they bring to the world aside from just how they look, you know? Um, that's just my personal gripe. Yeah. That's, that's my personal yeah, that's gripe. So I'm true. like, oh, I hate the idea of glowing up. I don't tell my friends when they've lost weight. Like, I'm not like, oh my God, girl, you look so much better. Or I don't say like, oh, you lost weight. Great. Like, yeah. no. Yeah. Like, maybe they're <laughs> like, actually not you. as healthy as they you used to be <laughs> when they were skinnier. When they were, you know, or maybe they were, exactly. they were, they had more weight on them, but they were healthier. They were like mentally unwell or like who knows what you know what's what's going on with somebody's life so be careful when you're commenting yeah. on the looks and the way that somebody looks because it's like you present yourself my body is not all that I am it's not who I am it's just a part of who I am it's not mm-hmm. all of me you know that's so true yeah, snaps for that. Because that's one thing I have noticed. Like, I feel like I went through a point where I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I need to lose weight. Like, mm-hmm. I got to, like, get myself back together. Because I used to be, like, super, like, I'm not super athletic, but I played sports. And, like, then I quit. And now I'm like, oh, I need to get back together. And I would ask people. And not to put anyone's business out there, but it was, like, the most unhealthiest <laughs> ways ever. I'm like, you know what? No. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like, you, now I know. Like, right. Like, some of y'all need like, to go therapy. therapy session. Some of y'all are not well like honestly some people don't need to be on the internet they just need to be you know in in a therapy session on the couch getting help because legitimately it's not like I don't even know some of these people it's just I don't even know what I'm trying to say but like people really we need to change the way we do things in society so radically like yeah Mm -hmm. now I used to be such like a people person all the time and you know, I'm a very, like, energy and vibes mm-hmm. person. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, mm-mm. That's... <laughs> now exactly. I know that you're not who you seem like. Wow. Oh, my God. We've talked for 60. Yeah. Me wow. too. Okay, Thank you for inviting really me. enjoyed this. No problem. Um, yeah, I'm looking back at the Google Doc. Literally didn't even read, well, kind of, on here. Um, Thank you for being here wow I'm so glad you're That's my such first an honor. guest um <laughs> my first oh, my first professional guest someone who has a platform Thank doing you. well for herself um killing the game honestly i can definitely see your magazine like it's already big like i don't like i don't meet i don't know like what you see but i, <laughs> I think it's like Thank you. forbes material that's such a compliment so 
um yeah. yeah just thank you again really i mean i've gotten that <laughs> like, you don't a couple get times but not like <laughs> oh. you know with the oomph behind it you know and wait and you literally said you have like a no so i, I stuff. pay so writers like for their submissions like, basically but i don't have like staff right so they're mm, like con- yeah they're contracted writers uh, so just you know one one time work or yeah. if they want to submit like continuously then yeah. you know they would be able to do that as well but yeah I wish I had staff I'm excited I was gonna say um after I graduate I'd love to hire some staff um the reason why I don't have staff now is because I'm in school and I cannot handle it all so yeah Mm -hmm. definitely Mm -hmm. yeah you have a lot on your plate (laughs) like busy Uh, I think that's great that you do give black women a platform because um black women in media Mm -hmm. is very slim slim to none when you really think about it so um thank you again for being on if you want to link any of your socials go mm-hmm. ahead so if you I'll want to find Sorella magazine it's through. at www.sorellamag.org we're also on twitter as Sorella mag instagram as Sorella magazine and facebook as Sorella magazine and check out the sit down sis podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts yes well grace thank you so much again um I'll probably DM you after this because you're actually amazing. Yes. Kind of get, getting big sister vibes. Thank um, you. Me have too. A, a lovely day. And <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Bye.